1: Forward slash K Hey
2: Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's the place where smart Hoosiers The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall.
0: Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are going to talk about what it's like to cover Trump. You know, I tell everybody about my experience, but of course, I am uh, I am incredibly biased. You know, I do not pretend to be objective. But we have a guy who has covered Trump for a very long time, has done a lot of great reporting on Trump, and he is very, very objective. His name is Adam Rennie. Writes for Politico Magazine.
3: Adam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's good to be with you. All right. So you have a
0: new piece out, and this is kind of how we got connected. We interact on Twitter somewhat, but I read this new piece in Politico. You actually went to Terre Haute, and you talked with people about how is the the heartland viewing Donald Trump.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Terre Haute has an interesting distinction of being in Vigo County, which is the nation's most accurate bellwether county um, and has been for the last 60 years uh, and even longer. Uh, They've only missed twice in selecting the president in the general election, uh, dating back to uh, the 1890s. So, it's a really good place, I thought, to sort of a week, a month into Trump's presidency to put your finger on the pulse of, of the heartland and see what people in flyover country think of the of Trump's job performance so far.
0: We watch the news, and if you watch the Washington, D.C. press and the New York press, they say everyone hates Trump, and Trump is falling apart, and, and it's all over for Trump. What did you find?
3: Well, it's really remarkable. I spoke with uh, a couple, uh, Dick and Jane Ames. They're in their early 70s. They're retirees. Uh, she's a former insurance agent. and he's a former uh, flight uh, flight control operator. And um, you know they have followed Trump since 2015. They've been a big fan of his. Um, and I asked them you know, kind of how they thought of his first few weeks in office. And they told me that on the Saturday after the inauguration, um, they actually had a party with 10 of their closest friends. And they had a big Trump cardboard cutout. They had balloons. And all of the food they made started with a the tea. They had tea cakes, tacos, <laughs> uh, tossed salad and that just really struck me as a defining image that was so different from that's what was happening that same night around the country uh, that earlier that day you had the women's march um, in Washington DC and even you know here in Indianapolis uh, you know thousands of people gathered at the state house to protest Trump but yet here in sort of flyover country you had this remarkable image of people actually Celebrating what had happened, and that just uh, struck me as as an interesting uh, contrast.
0: Again, our guest is Adam Rennie, He's a reporter for Politico, covers Donald Trump. Has a new piece out uh, in Politico now, uh, all about how flyover country, in particular Terre Haute, Indiana, is viewing uh, Donald Trump. Uh, when you s- talk to somebody, when you when we talk about this before you we went on the air, when you talk to somebody, do you just approach people on the street? How do you find the people for your articles?
3: Well. In the case of this first couple that I mentioned, um, I had met them back in 2015 at a Pancakes and Politics event um, in Terre Haute and wanted to touch base with them specifically, knowing that they were part of Trump's base. But a lot of times I just do you know, basic uh, man on the street reporting, um, You know, approaching people at a coffee shop, introducing myself as a reporter and asking if, if they have a few minutes to chat uh, about politics. And it's not hard these days to find people who have opinions about Trump one way or the are people willing to share them with you because you hear a lot of times that the polls are off because
0: people don't want to talk to a live person
3: about Donald Trump? I've found people to be, especially here in Indiana, very open. Um, you know, several people that I talked to declined to, to, to speak with me on record uh, for, for fear of retribution one way or the other. What do they think is going to happen to them? You know, I think some people, I talked to a nurse, for example, and uh, found her at a food cart at the mall in Terre Haute, and she didn't want to give me her last name uh, or where she worked, at which hospital she was employed, uh, because, you know, I think that they're, that they're concerned that, you know, coming out at such a divisive time in American history could impact their standing with their employer or impact their standing in, in their social circle.
0: Uh, Again, our guest is Adam Renn, reporter for Politico, covers Donald Trump. We'll get into some of his other uh, Trump stories in just a little bit right now, talking about his new piece in Politico, in which he went to Terre Haute, Indiana, and asked how the heartland is viewing Trump. Why did people in these swing states, of which Indiana probably won, since it did vote for President Obama just uh, two cycles ago, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan,
3: why did these people vote for Donald Trump, and is he living up so far to what they expected? You know, it's a good question and a subject of a future piece that I hope to do from Terre Haute specifically, because they are one of those swing counties, is asking those Obama voters, specifically in 12, what flipped them in, in 2016. Uh, but from the interviews that I have have done, you know, I think um, they they voters feel disaffected. They feel like the system, so to speak, has forgotten them. Um, and I think they're upset upset more so tonally with our po- politics. They're upset with the way that politicians communicate to voters. And in Trump, they see someone who's a straight talker who um, will sort of ups- upset the status quo of a Washington, D.C. and get things done. You do a very
0: nice job of not letting your opinion seep through many times. And I'm sure that's very hard on someone as controversial uh, as Trump. When you get done with a story like this, do you look at it and go, ah, that wasn't what I— expected or did it kind of turn out the way you thought
3: you know um, I think it's an important thing and I, I, I did get some criticism um, from from s- several people on, on Twitter several influential voices um, for this piece, and their criticism was, you know, this is uh, an obvious story. Of course, Trump's base is happy with him so so far, but I think as journalists, uh, if we've learned anything from this election, it's that you can never talk to voters enough about what they're actually feeling. And so, for me as a journalist, that that really drives what I do. You know, jur- um, voters are the people who, at the end of the day, judge the job performance of, of a president. And the tools that they used to do that, do that, you know, can come from the reporting that other journalists do. But I think it's important to to give them a voice and to reflect um, how they're thinking about the person who currently holds office.
0: Limbaugh has a theory, and he said this many times. Uh, he says only Trump can break the bond with the Trump voter. The media can't do it. Other politicians can't do it. Do you think that's an accurate statement? What could Trump do to alienate himself? from these people that you met in your story that are still very loyal to Donald Trump?
3: You know, that's a good question, and one that I I put to um, the particular voters that I mentioned at the top of the interview, Dick and Jane Ames uh, in their early 70s. They are interested in Trump. They follow Trump. They love everything that he does. Um, and I asked them if, if there's anything that he has done so far that off put them and what they told me was um, the, uh, the husband, Dick, said that he was very uh, bothered by only one thing. And that was Trump's comments to Bill O'Reilly in his pre-Super Bowl interview where Trump um, sort of made a comment that uh, the USA uh, isn't so, so nice either with regard to its moral, moral standing with Russia um, and that the USA you know, has done things that aren't, that aren't uh, above board he was very put off by that, um, very bothered by Trump sort of breaking with this idea of American ex- exceptionalism. So it'll be interesting if, if that continues. And, you know, I, I, I think that, Rush Limbaugh is sort of an inflammatory figure at times, purposely so, um, and has a loyal audience. But I think he's right when he says that, that Trump is the only person who can turn off Trump voters.
0: And our guest is Adam Wren. He's a reporter for Politico, has covered Donald Trump extensively. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will hear from Adam about what it's like to talk to Trump. We'll talk about some of the stories he's covered. You're listening to Central Indiana
4: Today. Hi, this is Billy Joe with Three Dimensions Salon, inviting you to come see us at 729 North Green Street, Suite D in Brownsburg. At 3 Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317 852 Get more information about 3 Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page.
5: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 12:30 to 9.
6: progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6 30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
7: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900.
0: You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. We're speaking with Adam Wren, reporter for Politico, has covered Donald Trump extensively. And uh, you have talked to Donald Trump. You've interviewed Donald Trump on some level. Uh, Tell us about the—you told me about one experience uh, before we went on the air. You actually interviewed him at the Iowa State Fair.
3: Yeah, it wasn't a super long interview, but um, in July of 2015, I I flew into Des Moines and um, spent some time following him around the Iowa State Fair. And um, at the end of his sort of epic march uh, through the fairgrounds, I had a chance to shake his hand and, and briefly chat with him. And um, you know he was very. Uh, I was I was struck by his his very uh, physical, uh, commanding um, stature that he has. He's a, a very tall person. You know I'm I'm five nine, and he sort of towered over me. Um, and you know he was very kind and sort of cut against the, the image that uh, that I'd seen of him in in popular culture.
0: For a guy like me who interviews Trump, people who h- heard that interview are under no illusions that you're going to get an in-depth, hard-hitting interview because I love Trump, mm-hmm. and, and that's well-known, and, and people know that. But for a guy like you who is about the story, and you've written good things about Trump, you've written some not-so-good things about Trump, w- what sort of strategy do you come up with when you're going to talk
3: to to a Donald Trump? I think that's I think that the media, and myself included, are still honing that strategy and still figuring out how to interact with him. I think what you saw this week when Trump um, did his Thursday press conference were journalists who were we're fi- figuring out on the fly how to interact with this guy. Uh, one of the things that we've seen so far is that multi-part questions don't really work well with, with Trump. <laughs> um, and one of the th- things that we've also seen so far is that he can be very combative and and sort of use the media as a foil. So, you know, I think it's very important to to be... Um, objective and fair, covering Trump as with as you, as one should be covering any politician is
0: one of the problems with Trump. He simply doesn't care. I mean, you guys kind of bang on politicians caring, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great point. I think that he has you know thrown out the typical politician um, talking points playbook um, and has sort of reinvented how politicians can interact uh, with with journalists and he's done that very successfully
0: because we saw it yesterday and i'm sure you watch these press conferences different than a guy like me does you're a reporter i'm a commentator i watched that press conference yesterday and loved every second of it i'd love it if it was the other way around if a democrat were in there doing that but when the african-american reporter asked him the question about meeting with the congressional black caucus and he asks. You know, can you set that up? Uh, he's clearly trying to elicit a response because he's a very smart guy. He knows what he's doing, right?
3: Yeah, you know, I was I was struck uh, in particular by that uh, interaction, but also by the interaction he had with a Jewish reporter um, when he said— before he called on that reporter, you know, I'm looking for a friendly question. I'm looking for a friendly reporter. Um, I mean, that is that is something that no politician would ever vocalize. They may think that, but they would never vocalize that in a press conference, let alone a, pr- a presidential conference held in the White House. And so it's just remarkable to see something like that happen.
0: There's this always this theory people say what they want and then they get it and maybe they really don't want it. We always say we want a president that's a regular guy or a politicians that are regular guys. That they're, you know, somewhat uppity or upper class, or not in touch with the average person. That's sort of how like the average person would handle a press conference, all right? is they'd say, "I want somebody that's going to ask me something nice."
3: Yeah, whenever, whenever I watch Trump in a, in a situation like that, I can't help but have terrible flashbacks to oral exams in college, <laughs> where I've I've read a little bit of the material and I'm not quite prepared, um, but I'm smart enough just to be able to, to hold my own and deflect where I don't quite feel comfortable talking about the material that I studied in depth.
0: Okay, uh, again, our guest is Adam Wren. He's a reporter for Politico and, again, has a new piece out in Politico now about he traveled to Terre Haute to talk about how the heartland is is viewing uh, Donald Trump, talking about some of his other interactions with Trump. Now, you gave me a very good insight to Trump. You said the Trumpster uh, may have not been totally truthful with you in your interview at the Iowa State Fair.
3: Yeah, so uh, the Friday before uh, Trump helicoptered into the uh, Iowa State Fairgrounds or just outside the Iowa State Fairgrounds at a baseball field, I... I went to the Knoxville Nationals uh, which is a sprint car race in Iowa where about 17 to 18,000 people come out to watch these sprint cars race around a dirt track and Trump's um Iowa um one of his Iowa state campaigners had um put the Trump label on uh the 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 side of this sprint car and in the very first lap it had spun out and had sort of performed very badly and so you know was that a metaphor for what his Iowa state campaign would be like um and I asked him if he had known about the performance of that Sprint car uh, just after uh, the person who I was spending time with that Friday night had briefed him on what had happened. And, you know, he sort of looked at me and said, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I, I haven't heard anything about it. So, um, you know, I think in that moment uh, we saw, you know, sort of uh, the, the the worst impulses of Trump kind of show themselves um, about something as silly as the performance of a Sprint car.
0: You've interviewed a lot of famous politicians and you've done a lot of very interesting stuff stories over the years on politicians is one of the problems that these people in Washington who judge Trump don't realize. And I'm I'm talking about the politicians. I'm talking about the McCain's and the Grams and obviously the Schumers, that they created Trump in some level because they have failed. Trump people didn't seek a Trump. Trump came to them because they sort of created him, right?
3: That's an interesting question. I and I think that you're you're correct in and, and and your assumptions there you mentioned mccain who i think will be an interesting foil for trump because in a lot of ways even though they've clashed in the early days of trump's administration They do have some similarities. Um, If you think back to McCain's 2000 campaign, um, you know he had the Straight Talk Express. He would take any and all questions from journalists. Uh, You know he had a very acerbic wit and would make fun of them. Um, And they're both kind of iconoclasts in their own way. Um, And so I think that that matchup between the two of them will be an interesting one to watch as Trump uh, Trump's administration has uh, unfolds. But you know I do think um, the status quo of Washington has very much created created uh, Trump as a politician.
0: All right we're going to take another quick break when we come back I'm going to ask Adam why he thinks Trump wanted to run for president. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald what is Impact Youth Mentoring?
8: Rob we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders.
0: You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Our guest, Adam Renn. He's a reporter for Politico. Uh, Adam, one of the questions that I ask people, especially in your field, because you study Trump, you get to know Trump, why did he want to do this? Guy's a billionaire, good-looking wife, great
3: kids, and now he gets a lot of grief all the time. Why do you think he wanted to be president? You know, that's, that's a really great question, and this is something that Trump has flirted with if you look at history all the way back into the 80s. Um, it's something that he's always sort of thought about, um, and I think it's just, uh, for him, the, the epoch of what it means to be a powerful and successful leader. Um, Does he have a political philosophy at all? I, I think that his uh, political ph- philosophy is something that has really developed and congealed uh, only in the last uh, latter part of the decade. Um, he has sort of seen uh, a, a chance... To um, co-opt the Republican Party uh, with sort of just this nationalist approach um, in the same way that he looks for weaknesses in businesses that he wants to acquire. And I think the most accurate metaphor of his campaign and his presidency is that it was really a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. He did a
0: poll, or at least it's reported that he did a poll. I think this was in the early winter of 2015 so it would have been like january february and i've always thought that poll told him something have you ever heard anything about that i mean they've never really released what was asked but it's obvious it influenced his decision to run
3: you know, we know that um, he has uh, spent a lot of time on and off throughout the, the last decade with uh, his uh, uh, consigliere advisor, Roger Stone.
0: God, is Stone just not right out of central casting, too?
3: Yeah, and I don't know that many people have, have noted this, but he bears a striking resemblance to Vice President Mike Pence yeah. with his silver hair, and um, so... You know i think that trump has been toying with this off and on for a long time and that you know he's probably had polls in the field but more than polls i think he just has a gut feel for where um his base has always been at and that's sort of the the working man the forgotten man
0: you mentioned pence i worked under pence i knew all the pence people and i got a lot of flack when it was time to make the decision i said pence is not the best guy i wanted gingrich he went with pence Why do you think he picked Pence?
3: You know, um, I think Pence uh, ostensibly had a pipeline to Congress. Uh, Pence was well-liked by conservatives and really put to bed fears that conservatives have had about uh, Trump's stance on social issues. Um, Pence is a a steadying figure. Um, As much as Trump veers off message, Pence is a disciplined messenger and in a lot of ways, um, this is oversimplifying it too much, perhaps, but is, is sort of the anti-Trump.
0: You know, I picture Pence, knowing Pence like I do, that he wakes every up every day and goes, what did this guy do last night? What do I have to step up for today?
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I... I uh, I wonder that too often, but I also get the sense that Pence sort of relishes the opportunity to be sort of the the refined statesman. And you think he likes in the relationship? This? Yeah, I mean, compared to Trump, he comes off as someone who is very measured, and I think um, in joining Trump's ticket. Pence has pulled off one of the world's great rehabilitation jobs. Um, His political career was cratering, and, you know, when you compare him to Trump, he seems like a steady, staid, thoughtful politician. And I I think he has really added to uh, his own base. So not not only does he now have the social conservatives, but if you look at a possible 2020 or 2024 run, he has this huge coalition of of Trump workers and could put together an even bigger electoral base than Trump had in 2016.
0: I want to close with this. I first became aware of Donald Trump when I was a little kid because he's the guy that hosted WrestleMania. You know, he hosted two WrestleManias and then participated in one much later. And when I interviewed Trump, I talked to him about that and it was very clear that professional wrestling was very, very near and dear to his heart. He loves pro wrestling. Obviously appointed Vince McMahon's wife and I was watching this espn documentary the other day the 30 for 30 series called this is the xfl and i'm watching the vince mcmahon stuff and thinking my god vince mcmahon and donald trump are the same guy the same view of the world the same view of themselves the same view of everything they walk into did we
3: elect a professional wrestling promoter in a sense as president of the united states you know, for a long time, a joke about politics is that it's basically a more dignified form of professional wrestling. <laughs> um, when you go into a, a House committee meeting, for example, you know, people are there looking to score points, but uh, the opponents, um, you know, on the other side of the aisle often have uh, have it telegraphed to them that an attack is, is coming and they can prepare prepared for it. So, yeah, I think that's a very apt metaphor, and I think what you saw at Trump's press conference this past week was exactly that. It was it was professional wrestling. Um, and the only people who weren't aware of that were the journalists on, on the other side of Trump's attacks.
0: Adam, you've been a great guest today. Tell us where people can read you and where they can find out your stuff, and uh, if you also want to let us know what you're working on.
3: Yeah, my work appears at politico.com uh, forward slash magazine. Um, and I also do uh, Indiana in, Indianapolis-focused fos- uh, journalism at indianapolismonthly.com. And you can follow me um, at Adam Wren on Twitter. That's uh, A-D-A-M-W-R-E-N, like the bird.
0: Hey, Adam, thanks for being with us today. Great guest. We love talking about Trump. And don't forget, if you miss any part of today's show, check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana today. Download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want, totally free of charge. As always, our podcast is presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on
2: 98.9 WYRZ, made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall.
1: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
2: Doesn't cost you a thing, so pay us a visit, AndyPolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news.
4: Hi, this is Billy Joe with Three Dimensions Salon, inviting you to come see us at 729 North Green Street, Suite D, in Brownsburg. At Three Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself; it's about creating yourself. Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317 852 5577. Get more information about Three Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page.
5: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday.
6: progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
7: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses, as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900.
8: You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org.
0: Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.